Hello, and welcome to episode three of the Not Real Hope podcast. In today's episode, we meet Bruce Sampson, who is the former youth pastor at Real Hope Community Church. In this episode, we really get to know Bruce as he shares his testimony. And I will say as a forewarning, it does get pretty deep at one point in particular. Uh, the subject of abortion comes up, and it's an integral part of the story that's kind of serious and very deep. But uh, as a fair warning there, that is. But overall, this interview is more full of laughs than anything. And uh, I hope you enjoy it. It is a little bit longer than the previous ones. This one's about an hour and a half. And his dog also makes a few cameos. We were at his house, and so the dog's running around in the background. You'll <laughs> you'll hear it a few times. But other than that, this is a great episode, and I enjoyed doing it, and I hope you enjoy listening to it. So with that said, let's go on into it. And we are back. And indeed we are. Back to the pod. Man, it's been a day. <laughs> Dog, it's been like an hour since yeah, we've been. Yeah, we've been filming like three episodes. Now. Yeah, we really, so what, yeah we really did. We, we've, we've done, we did a whole episode, but it had nothing to do with what this <laughs> actual podcast to do with the discussion <laughs> and that's so, about to take place. Yeah, and so I was planning on like leaving around now. <laughs> I've been here for like an hour and a half. But, <laughs> but, Kevin, you can't leave. But uh, I don't have anything else to do. I just got to clean the house because I'm having a party tomorrow. <laughs> but uh, it's okay. <laughs> Hello, editor Kevin here. I'm trying a new editing format where I interject here upon occasion. And so this is my first time trying it. It's cool. One thing I like about these long form content just in general, like I listen to a lot of podcasts personally. One thing I love about these is that you always get to see kind of an unfiltered, mostly unfiltered version of whoever it is that is talking to because you're spending so much time with them. And Bruce, as you can immediately tell, like there are some people who are introverted and some people who are extroverted. Bruce is definitely the latter, <laughs> as you can tell. And there's some people who just liven up a room and Bruce is very much that. Um, and so it's just interesting that you get to see this in the long form version that's very much what this interview is. Let's get back to it. All right. So this podcast is um, it's called Do, uh, Not Real Hope Podcast. Mm, the Not Real Hope. Yeah. Not Real Hope because it's not official. Uh-oh. Is, uh, I, I mentioned that in the trailer <laughs> episode. but uh, <laughs> Because it's it's like basically about Real Hope uh, who and all the people who are involved in it, talking about their church experience, um, both here and elsewhere. Mm. But uh, it's not official. And uh, honestly, I was going to, I've been wanting to do this for like at least a year, like a long time. I think I mentioned this to you. Yeah. I've yeah. mentioned it to you. No, we've definitely had a lot of stuff. And like, I've, like I've wanted to do this for a long time, but I didn't because I was always like, well, oh. it, it was like, like it, uh, if I wanted it to be official, it's like then a lot of more, there's a lot more moving parts to it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I was like, then people are going to say, no, you can't do this for this, that, and the other. And I was like, okay, well then we'll ask forgiveness rather than permission yeah <laughs> you know but then i was uh, but then one day it just occurred to me i was like wait if i do this and make and kind of market it as like my own thing but like it's about the church but it's actually my own thing it's yeah. like nobody can tell me no nothing's stopping you it's like nobody like what are you gonna like you're gonna tell me no and then what what like what are you gonna do about it you can't do anything <laughs> because it's mine <laughs> it's my own personal thing rights. and so i was like i'll just say it's my own personal thing and then no one can tell me no We've and all so consented to this yeah kevin does not have us <laughs> And, and so I specifically said that in the trailer. Hostage. I was like, this is my own personal thing. This has no official affiliation with the church um, other than the fact that I attend. And so that's what this podcast is. It's a podcast about the hey, church. Way to live your truth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. So, yeah. So this is about the church um, and the people who attend it, what we do, what we're about. And, um, again, our church experience is how we think about mm. these things. So 
Uh, I'll let you introduce yourself, Bruce. As I introduce okay. you. Yeah. Unless you want me he? to introduce you. No. Right? What do you got? What do you got? Uh, well, I'm here today with Bruce Sampson. Uh, he is the former children's pastor at Real Hope Community Church. And um, he's also a friend of mine, which I'm pleased to say. I was at his wedding and we're currently in his living room. It's very nice. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Kevin. Yes, my name is Bruce Sampson. I am a follower of Jesus. I'm a husband to one wife. <laughs> That's good. Just As so opposed are, to many. Are clear on where I stand. <laughs> I was a former students pastor and kids pastor at Rural mm-hmm. Community Church and now serving as clergy. It's been awesome. Clergy. What a yeah, word. Layman, I guess you could say. That, that's just like church <laughs> staff. Yeah, just lingo of. for... I'm a member of the church. Yeah. <laughs> well, at some point on this, I want to have like elders on, mm. you know, pro- like proper like elders. Because oh, what's yeah, interesting we know is you got to have the up first, huh? <laughs> <laughs> right? And but like we don't. What's interesting is I like the churches that I've been to. They the the kind of I guess clergy, like the staff of the church, like the order, the organization of it, like the elders, the things of that nature. Mm-hmm. I feel like they've become less um, talked about as my church experience like progresses Mm. like at the first church that i was at it was like a it was some kind of denominational church somewhere but the elders and like the things they were like really it was like noticeable like you knew who they were and like it was very much more involved uh, Mm -hmm. and involved i think in like on sunday services um and then the previous church i was at like i kind of i think i knew who they were but it wasn't really like super involved and then now it's like i think i know who most of them are but like if if they're involved, it's like, it's like kind of more of a behind the scenes thing. I feel mm-hmm. like like I'm I'm not super aware of what it is that they do. Yeah, you know. Should it be obvious that mm-hmm. the deacons, elders, board members, what do you mm-hmm. want to call mm-hmm. them, are part of the church, or should mm-hmm. they blend with the local community of the church? I don't know. I'm not sure I don't, I don't know the answer is. to that. Yeah. So I know I used clergy and staff there kind of interchangeably um i knew when i was doing it that that wasn't technically correct um i took the liberty of looking it up on wikipedia clergy i'm (laughs) looking at it at the moment um here's part of the wikipedia entry for the christian part of it it says in christianity the specific names and roles of the clergy vary by denomination and there is a wide range of formal and informal clergy positions these include deacons elders priests bishops pastors preachers ministers and the pope um yeah so clergy and staff aren't exactly the same thing i know i'm aware i used it interchangeably i'm also aware that that's not technically correct and for our purposes i don't particularly care but the more you know it's interesting just i get to interject and tell you the wikipedia article (laughs) all right let's get back to it yeah i never thought about that yeah but anyway so what are you current presently what am i presently in Um, relation to the church i guess Presently, I I would say I'm a volunteer. Mm. It was a decision mm-hmm. that my wife and I decided on after getting married. I think serving in the local church for a long time, and we'll explore that um, later. But every church that I've been to, I've always served. And serving for me has been some of the best ways of me getting to know God and growing in my faith. And now I'm learning that serving less can also function in the same way. Mm. I think being a part of 
the daily gathering with my wife was something that yeah. I disregarded mm. and that I really needed that at the pace that I was going, we weren't able to necessarily serve together always or mm-hmm. be in the sanctuary always to mm-hmm. fellowship together. And it's a really difficult thing, especially <coughs> when you're newly married and you yeah. want to start on your best foot forward mm-hmm. to serve your wife. I didn't know that behind the scenes, there was so much that she struggled with with my time and our time together. Mm, yeah. So now that we get to serve together when we are called to serve and fellowship together when we aren't, it's been something that we can intentionally grow together. Cause I'm learning. It's not just about my faith and just running at my own pace. Now yeah. I have to now run at the pace of my partner, mm-hmm. which humbles yeah. me mm. for one thing, but it also allows me to go further than mm, if I were yeah, to yeah. just sprint the whole leg myself. Mm-hmm. I now get to share that burden and carry that with my partner. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to do that well if I'm leaving them behind me, right. so to speak. Or if they're in a different lane than I am mm-hmm. and I'm running in a whole different race, mm-hmm. we had to figure out how we can run that race together. Mm-hmm. I always like how you talk about your relationship. <laughs> because relationships not even just distinct to marriage but relationships and all things Mm -hmm. that we have are so so important we're created by a relational god and so Mm -hmm. i think finding relationships in everything whether it be my relationship my mom Mm -hmm. my dad Mm -hmm. my brother my siblings Mm -hmm. my friends my church leaders my church members my gym community those relationships that i have they're all distinct and Mm -hmm. I've been able to learn a lot through all of them. And now being married, it's another relationship that I'm just learning how to navigate well and cherish well as God leads me. They're all blessings. Yeah, They're all blessings. And some relationships, they might not seem as, as blissful. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but I believe if we are led by the Spirit, mm-hmm. those relationships can turn into something beautiful. Yeah. And I'm not... I want to be very clear in relationships that are abusive. Those aren't given by God to diminish us. Those relationships come about from our own sinful behavior and getting out of those situations are important, but Mm -hmm. that's a whole nother topic. But I just want to put that disclaimer out there. I'm saying (laughs) all relationships are good and you should be better (laughs) and not make them work against you. But yeah, (laughs) I hope you understand what I'm saying. I get you. Did you grow up in church? I did. I did. So my parents, hearing their story now, they weren't necessarily following God strongly, or intentionally, I should say, Yeah. until my grandmother encouraged them to pursue Christ Mm. and raise my siblings in the church So growing up, we did go to church. And when I visited my grandmother, we did go to church there too. Traditionally a black church, Baptist (laughs) church, when I visited my grandmother. Lots of shouting, lots of praise. (laughs) Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. (laughs) We will worship for the rest of our days. (laughs) 
Victory the day is mine. Hey. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay, so there are a few points in this where we reference funny videos or memes that we've sent to each other. And this is the first moment where that happens. I will link them down below in the show notes in case you haven't seen them. But if you ever hear me in person, ironically or unironically, just shout, yes, Lord. It is specifically because of the video that is linked down below in the description that you should totally go check out. That's what we're referencing here. <laughs> Let's get back to the episode. I was a loud singer. <laughs> and at my home and my... Well, I'm always encouraged context. by you worshiping whenever you're in, in service Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. Because, well, back to what you were saying earlier, you were usually with the kids yeah. uh, in the mornings for during the service, so you wouldn't usually be in the actual service. Right. Occasionally, you'd, you'd be able to come to come back because we'd have volunteers in there, or you were preaching or something. But uh, but yeah, we did miss you, by the way, in, oh. in service. But uh, but yeah, whenever you worship, it's always it's always encouraging. <laughs> yeah, you don't realize like how much that does something mm -hmm. when yeah. one person steps out to worship mm -hmm. in a way that you didn't think was appropriate or possible. So that was when I went to go visit my grandmother. In my immediate context, my family we were at United Methodist Church, which is a lot more orthodox, liturgical, mm -hmm. I'd say, <clears throat> in the way. Not lethargic. Not, not lethargic. I'm, I'm sorry. Ortho Orthodox? No. Orthodox, but... Uh, I feel like I know the word. It's just an L. I'm trying to put up. It's like how the calendar is set up for Advent and I know, Easter. I know what you're talking about. Guess, guess, what it might, guess what I searched. What'd you search? Church words that start with L. Church words that start... <laughs> that was the Google search that you thought would get you to the I right answer? Know, bro. I've written some crazy things with longer sentences, but that was very straight and to the point. <laughs> I'll be like, my friend was talking about a church word that I don't understand that starts with the letter L. Can someone help me with this bro, you're search? You're, it's a Google search. You're not talking to Bard. You're not talking to ChatGPT. What? <laughs> Okay, so the word we were looking for was liturgical. It's not leviosa, it's leviosa, or whatever it is. So, liturgical as in liturgy, as in the Christian liturgy, which, again, according to Wikipedia, uh, mean it comes from Greek, which means public work. And it's, um, literally, the definition is customary public worship performed by a religious group. And so a liturgical calendar is like, they have like, like, you know, there's like the Jewish calendar, the Christian calendar, and they like follow it, which is an interesting conversation for another time. But like the rhythms of life, like it's like the rhythms of like the Christian life, for example, like that's not something that I find we don't really have many conversations about just in general. But that's a conversation for another time. But at any rate, the word we were looking for is liturgy, liturgical. There it is. Um, listen, Anyways, guys, I, that was a $4 word that I did not be using anyway, so we're going to pretend that I did not say that, and I just said Orthodox <laughs> Church. Anyways, I have no idea. Well, Very we, traditional. Yeah, it'll come up in a second. Sure. Church singing was church bells. We had... Not legalistic? No. Hymn books and... Mm, yeah. Choir practice. It was it was very much traditional. That's my shoe. And that background... Like, all right. That's my shoe. Part one. <laughs> Part one out of 500 of Stop My Dog. Ah, uh, yes. And here we find ourselves. If you ever hear any snapping randomly throughout this episode, that's because we're trying to get the dog's attention to try to get it to stop doing whatever it is that it's doing. In this particular case, the dog is eating my shoes. These are new shoes that I just got at that time about a month or so prior to the recording of this episode. So that's what's happening here in this moment. Kevin, ask the question again. Um... 
Did you grow up in church? Yes. And so you. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, y'all had uh, church practice. Y'all had choir practice. Y'all sang out of a um, hymn book, which actually an old church that I used to go to sang out of a, the Consus Christi, and I actually mm. was a fan of that. I enjoyed it. Yeah. So a lot of my taste in worship music actually comes from those two backgrounds mm-hmm. of having uh, gospel music in that Baptist church setting, and, mm-hmm. and then having more of the traditional hymns in. Mm-hmm. Uh, traditional setting, the Methodist church. I really love lyrics when you read into lyrics mm-hmm, to songs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. One of my favorites is actually Mary, Did You Know? Sure. This this could be a whole other conversation. Bro, I'm sad you're not coming. So for context, I'm having a, a musical show at my house tomorrow mm-hmm. night. I'm, for listeners, I'm putting on a, a show where I just play some songs. And one of them, I'm doing a Christian Zima album tomorrow mm-hmm. night. And as part of it, I'm doing an honorable mention. I'm doing Mary and Joseph. Oh, I'm sad you're not going. No way. Uh, it'll be recorded. I'll, I'll send it yes, to you. I'll send you the man. final part. You definitely have to send that to me. But man. Uh, it's going to be recorded and uh, I'm going to post, I put it up on my website as like a blog thing. I'll send it to you. But, yeah, definitely. Um, definitely. But Mary and Joseph, you, you were talking about the lyrics. Like this one, it, Chris Renzima stuff is very lyrically oriented, I think. Mm-hmm. It also has good music, but I'm much more interested in the lyrics as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I forgot what you're saying. Yeah, no, I was, I was just basically saying like the essence of worship right. like Mary, growing up know? i think that was really akin to me mm-hmm. off 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 top because i was always singing in the choir my brother my sister were both in the choir they went on choir tours where they go travel oh, and wow. sing uh-huh. they met jackie chan in new york Shut up. <laughs> i was too young to go <laughs> what? yeah ma- amazing things and then after a while when uh, my pastor soon left and moved on you know my parents stopped going mm. Not only that church, but we just stopped going to church after that. Did you grow up here that. in Katy? I grew up in Richmond area. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Actually, I was born in Missouri City, and I lived there around oh, until okay. I was like seven, and yeah. then I moved to Richmond area. Interesting. And uh, yeah, I've been here my whole life. You're just making your way around Houston clockwise. <laughs> yeah, right. Now, yeah. <laughs> now I live in Katy with my wife. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I've been mainly around just this area. Yeah. Here. It's weird for me because none of these places are places I've ever really gone except for recently in the past few years really yeah. yeah yeah like i didn't i never had a reason because we own a for listeners we own a cupcake store my family does and um and so we don't really go out much because we're doing that and uh so i never made it out to like richmond rosenberg i think once or maybe twice when i was younger we went to the railroad museum but that's mm. like as far out um but yeah I, like katie i had never been to katie but it's so big and it's so far, yeah. <laughs> as far as my parents are concerned, <laughs> even though they like moved internationally, <laughs> right? Because I'm Mexican, so, like even though they moved internationally, Katie's the edge of the world, <laughs> you know. And so it's like, what the heck? South Egypt, yeah. <laughs> right. Right. man. But yeah, so, okay. So you're so you're uh, um, from Richmond, okay? Yeah, yeah, right. Lane. So is the church that you used to go to still there? No, I haven't been back in ages. I've met up with some mm-hmm. members of the church right. recently right. and my pastor there, his name's uh, JD Phillips. Mm-hmm. You know, we've celebrated his birthday recently. Oh, nice. He's still a huge part of our, our family. He was at my wedding. And, oh, mm-hmm. um, oh, was he the one who officiated the thing? No, no, that was, um, that was Steve, but, he's not my pastor. <laughs> so I can just call him Steve, <laughs> even though he is, He's kind of a pastor. <laughs> uh, but no, JD was a dude like 
tall, big black man that mm. is like like got like the nice hats, sure. with like the mm. nice gold frame glasses. Mm. You know, mm. he's got that swagger about him. <laughs> really cool man. His his son, his wife were mm. there. That that as far as my upbringing goes, like mm-hmm. that's kind of where. Um, where we're at, we stopped going probably a year or two before I moved to college. Mm-hmm. Um, back in like 20, 2012. Mm-hmm. Did you know that you wanted to be a pastor? Like, did you go to school? Did you go to college being like, I'm going to do pastor studies or something? Uh, no, no. Um, honestly, because I, I, I didn't truly start walking in conviction until I was in college. Mm. Where'd you go? Started studying college. So I went to college at the Savannah College of Art and Design. Where's that? uh, In Savannah, Georgia. Oh, okay, yeah. My dad grew up close to there. Mm -hmm. And when I was researching where to go, I wanted to go to an art school because that's all I knew how to do. Right. My after-school studies was doing art. Mm -hmm. Had an art teacher. I didn't do sports in high school. I was just doing paintings and projects and graphite and watercolor. Mm. That's all I knew how to do. Mm-hmm. So I, I just went to a traditional art school just to see if this was something that I wanted to pursue. And so that led me to Savannah, Georgia to study animation. And in college, that's where I really um, wrestled with whether to go back to church or not, mm. because everything before that was decided by my family if right. we would go uh-huh. to church or not. Yeah. I didn't take any responsibility to go on my own. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, in college, that's where I, I I was given an opportunity to go back to church. Is that it? Well, yeah. Uh, so I've noticed this will happen from time to time in these interviews. I'll, like Whoever I'm interviewing will be talking. They'll be doing the thing. They'll be telling the story. And then all of a sudden, it'll go quiet. And I'm paying attention. But then... It's just like silent. And in my mind, I'm like, there should be more to the story. But then now they're not talking. And so I'm like, is something supposed to happen right now? <laughs> I thought there was more. It's, you know, it's like it's like a song gets cut short or like a conversation. Just like there's just a random pause. And so that's where I'm at. I, I call it getting lost in the sauce. I'm like paying attention to the story. And then all of a sudden there's no more story. And I'm like, where'd the story go? And so that's what happened just now. And so that's why I was like, is that it? I just felt the need to explain what just happened there. Yeah, if if I uh-huh. if I were to explain like how I I so you you're asking like how I got into preaching essentially. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, that that that'd go back to like how I how I met the Lord. Mm-hmm. Which is funny to say because you know, you're saying I grew up in a church context, you know, grew up in the church choir. I mean, that can all assume that I knew God. Mhm. Um, but I really didn't. Yeah. Uh-huh. I didn't really have a, a full understanding of the gospel, mm-hmm. who I was and why I was created mm-hmm. uh until a lot more work that needed to be doing that needed to be done in my heart. Mm-hmm. In college, I was given a chance to go to a young adults ministry on campus. Um a friend had invited me, a peer of mine in a classroom. And so I started going to these young adult gatherings with other college students in this coffee shop and hearing the word of God preach from this man. And, you know, even at the time, it was just kind of more familiar for me. You know, Mm -hmm. I was going to church Mm -hmm. again. It it wasn't anything new to me in a sense of 
um, this feels different. This feels mm-hmm. new. It was kind of still going through the same kind of motions. Mm-hmm. It was a non-denominational church, sure. so that was that was somewhat different. Um, but I didn't have convictions, and I, I say that because I was still walking in pretty intentional sin at the mm, time. Sure. God was real to me. I don't. I, I had. I never had a perception that God didn't exist. Mm-hmm. Which is a blessing. I never had a a view that God isn't the creator of all of this. I knew that, but I didn't know that. Sure, uh-huh. <laughs> I didn't. Knew, I didn't know what that meant for how right. I should live my right. life. Uh-huh. You know, uh-huh. and so in college, I have so you have so much access to excess, especially when you mm. move out of your hometown. Yeah, you can be whoever you want to be. Yeah, uh-huh. have access to. Uh, the food courts, the dining halls, mm-hmm. the city, the bar scene right mm-hmm. around me. I have access to my own choices to make outside right. of my parents. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that led me to do choices that didn't honor God. Sure. But I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. And so it it took me a while to kind of fumble into my faith, but there was, mm. there was one encounter that I had and I call it an encounter. And I don't use that word lightly uh, because this hasn't happened in, I'd say a long time since, mm-hmm. but there are moments where God encounters you in a very distinct mm-hmm. way that I believe was meant to get me back in his fold, mm-hmm. <laughs> get me, uh, to understand who he was. Mm -hmm. And at the time I was in a relationship, a relationship that I had no business being into my entire life. I had this understanding of celibacy that I kept hold. I kept, kept strongly, but I also kept loosely. I had this notion that if I were celibate, I, I was, I was celibate for the point of honoring or not offending God. Mm -hmm. That was my own intentions. Mm -hmm. I never was celibate for even the logistical reasons, Mm. the objective reasons of being celibate, which I wish I had more fear of the consequences at the time than even fear of God, because my fear of God was just someone who wasn't a part of my life. Mm -hmm. God was just a deity who was in the air. Mm -hmm. He wasn't grounded with me here on earth. And so having a perception of like, I don't want to offend God, but like I can still offend him if I want to. <laughs> I decided to sleep with this woman for the first time ever in my life. Mm-hmm. And so with that being my first experience, I was already drawn in. And so in that relationship, it, it started to take its course. And the thing is about sex outside of marriage is it can make a bad relationship seem good. Mm. Or a good mm-hmm. relationship mm-hmm. go bad. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was a good relationship, but it made this bad relationship seem as though it was working. Mm-hmm. It was going well. Mm-hmm. Fast forward, I get to the point of feeling very depressed. And it wasn't it wasn't necessarily because <clears throat> of the girl anyway. I actually enjoyed her company. I actually enjoyed uh, creating with her. I enjoyed mm-hmm. hanging out. I enjoyed talking. I enjoyed engaging. We got a dog together. This this is another descriptive that you should never follow. We got a dog <laughs> together out of wedlock. <laughs> yes. 
by the worst decision I've ever made in my life. <laughs> but with that, that just caused more confusion because it mm-hmm. kept me bound to that relationship as though I needed to be there. And out of the blue, um, she has this thought of, hey, let's, let's try to do premarital counseling. Because we were talking about getting married one day, and we decided, hey, let's do premarital counseling. Mm. And so we go to this church that was doing it for free. Mm. You're like, oh, this is a scam. We could <laughs> skip this option. <laughs> but we're like, eh, let's just try it out and see. Like, who gives counseling for free? <laughs> and we show up. Churches. We sit down with this man. He's six foot two. He's got tattoos all over his body. He's. He just seemed like a really cool dude. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, are you in the right church? <laughs> like, are, are you part of like the program outside of church that's supposed <laughs> to, you know, convince us mm-hmm. to, uh, to stay. Mm-hmm. But he was really genuine and he offered us help. Mm-hmm. And the first time we sat down, we were talking, we were, we were getting to know each other. And he mentioned, are you guys intimate? And yeah, that moment we looked at each other and we're like, Yeah. And he says, I would advise pursuing God separately. Mm. And, he, and he mentioned, that, I'm not saying that mm-hmm. you should break mm-hmm. up, mm-hmm. but I'm saying if you are intimate, mm-hmm. that might also mean that you're living together. And I, I would advise if you are doing premarital counseling for the sake of getting married, we should pursue, y'all should pursue God individually. <laughs> So there's a comedian named John Christ, and he told a joke one time about Christian girls saying that they're dating Jesus. Now, I've never heard this in person, and frankly, I hope I never do, because that's a weird way of putting that, you know? It's like, I understand what you're saying, but why do you have to say it like that? Because that just sounds weird. And so this is, in my head, what was going through my head in this moment is like a similar thing where it's like, you should consider pursuing God before you do X, Y, or Z. It's like, I understand what you're saying. It's just something that would only you would only ever hear within a church or like from someone who goes to church, you know? And so that's what was going through my mind in this moment, and that's why I say the following. That feels like a very churchy thing to say, I feel like. But then it also just also like makes sense. It's like you should get to know yourself before you try to add someone else to the situation. Yeah. You know? And I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie. It offended mm. my mm. partner. Mm. Uh-huh. But it convicted me. Yeah. Uh-huh. I can totally uh, Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I, I see that. at the time, I'm like, I, I'm now recognizing my need mm-hmm. for help. I'm, I'm now recognizing my mistake and my wrongs, but for my partner, it, it, it came off differently. Mm-hmm. And so when, when we both got back home, you know, I was like, yeah, I can't, I can't live here anymore. I, 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 I need to, I need to see what he's talking about. Like mm-hmm. we need to try doing this separately. So we did that for a while. I started reading the Bible mm-hmm. Um, because he gave us some 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 homework. He said, you got to read the book of John. Uh, so was this like a recurring thing that we're going to go back next week or something? Or? Yeah, it was like oh. something that we did like week after week. Sure, uh-huh. um, and so we went back and he told us, hey, read the book of John. And I've never... The gospel? I, the gospel of John. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And here's the thing. Until that point, I never read the Bible for myself. Yeah. Uh-huh. It scared me. Mm. No one you? opened it for me. Yeah. No one told me this is your memory verse. It wasn't for a book study. Mm-hmm. It wasn't for a Bible study. Right. 
read the Bible for yourself. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of quotes that I have in my notes for when I'm editing this episode. And he just said a lot of really good one-liners. And one of them that I liked was what he just said, read the Bible for yourself. That's something that is just, again, subject for another time. But that's something that I will say that is never a conversation is like how to read the Bible because everyone just says, yeah, read the Bible, you know, because it's the Bible and like, that's what you do. You just read it, you know, but there's all kinds of underlying assumptions beneath that. And again, this is a subject for another time, but I will leave down below a playlist by a nonprofit called the Bible project, which is my absolute favorite, if you know me. And it's called literally called how to read the Bible. And they have all kinds of resources for exactly how to read the Bible and different kinds of literature and what the Bible is. That'll be linked down below along with all the other stuff that I'm talking about here. Um, for your benefit. So I hope you enjoy. Why do you think it was scary? Was it because you were going to feel convicted? I don't think at the time I realized that I would be convicted, mm-hmm. although I was when I opened it. Yeah. Is it, more, d- is it more like it's talking to me instead of to the group? Yeah. I, I, I <laughs> Yeah, there was no other excuses. Sure. There was no one else yeah, around yeah. me that uh-huh. I could really analyze other than myself in that yeah. time. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But there was, at the same time, you know how uh, fear and excitement have the same emotion? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I had fear, but then there was also a sense of excitement, mm-hmm, too, mm-hmm. that, like, I'm going to read the Bible for myself. Yeah, uh-huh. Someone's telling me to do this, which uh-huh. no one else told me to. Or at least I never had a reason to. Yeah. Uh-huh. And my reason for that point is I want to... I want to see if I can, you know, make this relationship work. Mm-hmm. So my reasons for doing it initially were, how do I make this relationship work? <laughs> uh-huh. And when I started reading the book of John, man, the craziest thing happened. Mm-hmm. For one, it was as if the book never existed to me before. Because I know John 3.16. Yeah. But like, I didn't even realize uh-huh. I was reading the book that came from John 3.16. Uh-huh. 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 And so I was reading it with a whole new fresh lens of eyes. And... When it started to mention, in the beginning mm-hmm, mm-hmm. was the Word, and the Word was with God. I had this, I say epiphany, but if you were putting it in church language, a, a, a revelation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In the beginning, that's like Genesis. Mm-hmm. I know that. Yeah. Everyone knows Genesis sure. 1. Right? The in, first the, two, in the two beginning. Sin- in the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Everyone knows the first two words <laughs> At least, of yeah. the Bible. Right? Like, I knew that. I like to think, yeah. And so as soon as I heard that, I, I leaned in. I was like, this is different. Mm-hmm. And I started to read John 1, then John 2, mm-hmm. then John 3. I like I know this one. Yeah, and then I got to the woman at the well Mm -hmm. in John 4. Mm -hmm. And Jesus just slowly started to almost materialize Mm -hmm. himself in my mind. Mm -hmm. Like, this is an actual person. Mm -hmm. I came to our our next appointment, which was uh, a week later. And um, my partner had the same assignment as me, read the book of John. Mm. She didn't read it. (laughs) (laughs) I show show up to his office and he's like, so, so did you guys read? And I was like, yeah, I read, I read the book of John. (laughs) It's a good book. It's crazy. I was just starting to tell him like, Uh there was this miracle that he had and there was, there was, Uh there was was fish and there was bread that he broke. (laughs) It was so many people Mm -hmm. that he fed at one time. And Mm -hmm. he's like, you know, you get to see, Mm -hmm. you know, him just kind of, just kind of smiling. Like, yeah, like that's, that's Jesus. And when I recognize it, like, 
my partner was on the same mm-hmm. understanding. I, I wouldn't say that, 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 you know, I wouldn't even call myself more righteous than her. I just mm-hmm. realized like it was landing somewhere right. for mm-hmm. me. Like yeah. I was, I was, I was, if you have ears to hear. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, this just sounds like a parable, dude. <laughs> if you have ears to hear. I don't think there was a, a point that she wanted to hear because mm-hmm. there was church hurt on her side. You're right. Uh-huh. Um, and I realized, like, I think we are at different places in life right now. Mm-hmm. And I, I just started feeling just like just overwhelmingly convicted. And, um, and so we went back home. And when I got back, I was like talking to her like, man, like, you know, the Bible's crazy. Like I just like read the book of John for the first time. <laughs> right. Like, can you believe uh-huh. all the things like that, that I've been like, been like, I've been missing about this and this and that. And, and all of a sudden she tells me, Bruce, I have to tell you something. It stops me dead. I'm like, what? It's like I know you didn't read. Just like, give me straight with me. She's like, no, I'm I'm pregnant, and I was like, mm-hmm. again, I had that feeling of like fear, mm-hmm. but then excitement. I was like, I'm gonna be a dad. That was my first time. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be a dad. Yeah, and I could tell from the expression of her face, hers was just fear. Mm. And this is where things started to get really problematic because at that point I didn't realize the the stakes of my actions and what came up to this point. And for the next like few days, I can see that she is really struggling with the decision on whether to keep or delete this child, mm-hmm. which I saw as a, as a life form. Mm-hmm. And even with late nights talking, consoling, pleading, there was nothing I realized at that point that I could do that would convince her otherwise. Mm. And uh, I call it the cold weekend for me because it was Mm -hmm. on a Friday. He went to... Do you have that in your calendar? No, Mm. I don't. I don't. But I I do remember the time. It was uh, around April. Um. We went to the, the abortion clinic. Mm. I remember that whole weekend, it was miserable because mm-hmm. for the next couple of days, I was, the pills they had her take, you know, I was holding her hair up, mm-hmm. you know, to vomit over the toilet seat. I was rubbing her back when she was feeling the, the aches and pains from it. It was not pretty at mm-hmm. all. Yeah, yeah. And some that people don't tell you is no woman wants to do that. Mm. They might want to, mm-hmm. but like there is... There's a cost yeah, to yeah, it uh-huh. that no one likes to talk about. Yeah, but another thing that people don't talk about is there. Are, there's a cost for men too. Mm-hmm. I felt broken. Mm. I felt devastated. And this is where I, I had to, I had to come to terms to where my life was going. Mm-hmm. I'm reading the Bible for the first time, and it's been in my life my. I've spent around me my entire life Mm -hmm. and I chose to ignore everything that God was trying to tell me that I had in this mind that God was just this deity that just surrounded the sky and I can talk to him whenever I wanted to and good things may or may not happen from my 
selfish prayers, but God is actually with us and he loves me. Jesus loved me didn't make sense until I started reading mm-hmm. for me until mm-hmm. I started reading the book of John. Mm-hmm. It's like Jesus loves me. Mm-hmm. There was no denying that. It was uh it was like the middle of the day. I was home alone. I was in her apartment that I was living in. She was at work. And I remember just sitting down on the couch. And I was just thinking, like, man, my baby's gone. This child that I thought I was going to have is gone. Mm-hmm. I feel horrible. Mm-hmm. And, like, in that moment, just sitting on the couch... Here's the encounter I was telling you about mm-hmm. is I had a thought that I've never thought before in my life. Mm-hmm. And I don't believe the Holy Spirit is just your thoughts. I believe there is a mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. deeper form of communication that God's word speaks to you. But I remember that voice saying, Bruce, specifically recognize just my name being called Living your life for yourself has only led to death. But living your life for me will lead to eternal life. And the reason why that crushed me is because I knew I was dead. I knew I was beyond repair. I recognized my sin. But I didn't realize how much my sin affected so many other people. And how my sin led to this child having an undeserved Mm. termination. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And on that carpet and on the floor, I I wept Mm -hmm. and I gave my life to Jesus. From that day, I never looked back. And from that day, I knew the spirit of God was with me. Because any moment that I wanted to look back, still today, the Spirit turns my face to the cross mm-hmm. and turns me forward. My life didn't get easier. Mm-hmm. I didn't stop sinning. I still sinned. But I had a conviction and a comforter and a counselor with me the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. So the calamity of that was broke up my girlfriend Mm -hmm. all the things that I had in her drawer she threw them out the window I was picking up my clothes off the street and I walked home and I got plugged into a church I knew a friend of mine that pastored a church and Mm. um, yeah I, I started attending and when I started attending church there the first thing I wanted to do was serve you know, like, how can I help? How can mm-hmm. I be a part of, mm-hmm. how can I be a part of what God is doing through this church? And um, the pastor there recognized, must have recognized something in me um, because we got along really well. Mm-hmm. And uh, he wanted to teach me how to read the Bible, you know, because I was always asking him questions after mm-hmm. sermons, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. you know. Luke 15, the prodigal son, you know, I was just reading the gospels back then. I was like, you know, the story about a father who welcomes his son back with open arms. 
after all the things that he's done to ruin his life, the father was still there to embrace him. I feel like that's me. You know, I was seeing these stories like in a different way, like the conviction, it hurt my soul, but it was also healing to my soul too to realize like Jesus paid the debt for me in my sin so that I wouldn't stay in the mess that I'm in. I wouldn't make a mess of the life that I have and that the death that I deserve, he replaced me on the cross with him. Mm-hmm. That pastor was able to shepherd me and teach me about the Bible. And I was always fascinated just by the ways that he taught the word. And, you know, after like months of like us meeting up every Wednesday at his office, <laughs> you know, I was telling him about ways of like how the relationship was kind of taking its, you know, it, it, it didn't just stop at the breakup, but like there were still text messages that were hurtful you know, of like, how could you do this? And like, there was still like, you know, who's going to have ownership of the dog? (laughs) You know, there was still a lot of things that I had to pick up from this whole relationship that like I was still done with. And uh, he just told me how to walk through that. Show me Romans 13 and 12 and like how to walk as a Christian, the Christian life. Mm -hmm. Like I've just, I just learned all these um, biblical truth and wisdom. And uh, he gave me a, a platform to preach at a, uh, a student, a student's ministry. So that was my first time preaching. I still have the video on my phone somewhere. Yay. My first time preaching, I preached on Luke 15. Mm. <sighs> okay. This story is starting to take an upturn now. You know, it's like we've gone through the valley and now we're coming up the mountain. But I didn't want to interrupt in the middle of the story because I just wanted us to feel the weight of it. Uh, it's That was a difficult listen while I was editing it. I suspect you're feeling the same way. Uh, thankfully, while I'm editing it, I'm noticing that it feels like he's told this story before, you know? There's, like, a couple laugh lines. He's, like, got the telling of the story down, you know? And so I feel more comfortable because he's not suffering, you know? <laughs> now it's just us suffering a little bit, listening to him tell the story and feeling the weight of it. Uh, but I didn't want to interrupt it. I just wanted us to feel the weight of that, to go through the valley, as it were. But now the story's coming up, and we're coming out the other side a little bit. So let's get back to it. And yeah, that was my, that was my first kind of time, like realizing like myself and ministry and, um, you know, from there, you know, and God has done so much with my life. Um, I could go on and on with like mm-hmm. stories, but as a, um, like timestamps, you know, I, mm-hmm. I went on to continue teaching at that church. Um, I ended up leaving Georgia to move back home. Mm-hmm. Um, because I wanted to do missions work. I wanted to travel mm-hmm, and do mm-hmm, missions. Mm-hmm. And so that sent me to uh, Kona, Hawaii, right. to do youth with a mission. I, I studied with them there, and they sent us out to Peru to evangelize in the streets. I did street ministry for uh, um, for some time. Uh, we went to U- uh, Uganda, and we studied and taught there at their at their schools and we did street ministry there and evangelize and yeah we went we went so many places just to mm-hmm. in the name of God and it was it was so beautiful and I came back home and this is like all happening in like 2019 and 2020 and mm-hmm. um you know being back home um I, I come back here you know I I I 
find a church. Mm-hmm. First thing I do, I get plugged in. Is that real hope? You Actually, the first church I found when I came back home was uh, um, a church in Spring. Where were you living? It was far. No, I was still living in Richmond. It was That's far. far, dude. Why are you going so far? It was far. I, I was say just, that. I, I live in Sugarland. I drive out to uh, Someone, someone gave me a recommendation like, hey, if you're going back to Houston, you should go to this church. Because mm, yeah. I never really went to church for myself when I was in uh, Houston uh-huh, when uh-huh, I was living uh-huh. there. Because after my, my parents stopped, I didn't really go to any other mm-hmm. churches. Yeah. Um, they gave me a recommendation. I was like, dang, this thing is like an hour away. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but they're like, hey, a church alive is worth the drive. <laughs> I was like, man. But... You know, it ended up being a beautiful thing because I met so many people there and mm-hmm. friends. Mm-hmm. And then I met Jenny Jones. Who was at, at the one in spring? He's associate pastor at uh, Real Hope. Not at, not there. I was at a coffee shop one day. Oh, okay. I see. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And uh, um, sorry, I didn't meet Jenny Jones through a coffee shop. I met her through CrossFit because she mm-hmm, also mm-hmm. does CrossFit. Right. We met at a uh, Faith RX gathering. Faith and, RX, is that a Christian worship? Yeah. Yeah. Christian workout. That's what he says. Like, Christian hey, you should to come to church with us. <laughs> we also meet at the Perfect Latte. Mm-hmm. That was my first time. And so, you know, when I met there, mm-hmm. listened to Ryan teaching, mm-hmm. yeah. Caleb worshiping. Afterwards, I stuck around, helped clean up, stacking chairs, you know. So I was serving every everything that I could, I was serving it. And, um, yeah, I decided to stop going to spring. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was a really uh, sad day, but it was beautiful, too. Like, mm-hmm. they all, you know laid hands on me and prayed for me. And was like, hey, we're going to love you. We're going to miss you no matter where you go. And I started serving at Real Hope. And uh, yeah, I, uh, Jenny told that? me about an internship, just studying at Real Hope. And mm-hmm. I ended up um, kind of enrolling in that and mm-hmm. seeing if uh, that'd be something I wanted to spend my life doing. When was that? What year was that? That was, that was 2019. Mm-hmm. Towards yeah, the end? Like towards the end of 2019, yeah. Cause I know it was like around fall time. Yeah. But then you said you were an intern at Real Hope? Mm-hmm. No, I didn't. I don't know that was a thing. I hadn't yeah. considered that. At the time, yeah. It was, it was something right. that really Yeah, new. because how old is the church? Seven years? I think six right now. No, it's, it's going on seven. Really? I thought it was seven going on eight. Anyways, point is it's a young church. Yeah. And yeah. so it hasn't been around very long. You can like six, seven, eight years. And so, um, it, and so then that was... Dang, four years ago? So it was like a pretty spanking new church. Yeah. Spanking new church. Yeah, it was um Yeah, yeah. Back then it was like it was like really new. Mm-hmm. And, and so, so like serving at the uh their main service was at the Adolphus Elementary. Uh-huh. You know, we did uh-huh. tear up and uh we did set up and tear down. Mm-hmm. Right. So we were mobile then. Service. We didn't this was before we had our proper location, which now we're located on Third Street in downtown Rosenberg mm-hmm. for listeners. And um but back then we had a mobile service the evening in a coffee shop called the perfect latte on grand parkway and in the mornings at adolphus elementary mm-hmm. um and so what were you doing as a an intern for how long were you doing that uh i was doing that for about a year until mm. well the end of the year until covid came back around the next year and so everything mm-hmm. was mobile mm-hmm. and so i wanted to do students ministry mm-hmm. initially when i came on as an intern mm-hmm. and why <laughs> there's the funny thing mm-hmm. I actually never liked kids <laughs> <laughs> they were so incompetent to me <laughs> like, honestly I I totally agree with you literally <laughs> I'm like they do things that they should not be explained 
I didn't like it. And I think that's a fair assessment to make. Man, I'll, I'll tell you, though, like, after that situation with um, the baby and the deletion, like, I was... Mm-hmm. I was so wrecked by that. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I still think about sometimes, like, you know, I would do the math of, you know, when we possibly mm-hmm. conceive the child sure. to nine months later. Mm-hmm. And there's a date that I have in mind that mm-hmm. I'm like, this would have possibly been that baby's birthday. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. he or she would have been five by now mm-hmm. or six by now, I think. Yeah. And, like, that still, like, crosses my mind. Like, I... I after that 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 moment, like I wanted to be a dad. Mm-hmm, I feel like mm-hmm. I was wasn't given that opportunity to yeah. be. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I remember praying once, and just kind of thinking about it, like, man, what I wonder what my child would have been like. Mm-hmm. And I was just so convinced, and I, like in my heart, I was just feeling like, man, she was a girl. Mm. She was, I was like my daughter, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and. I don't know what eternity and glory is going to be like. I know I'll be with him. Um, but I, 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 I would love, I would love to, uh, just see the ways that God has, um, ways that I haven't seen God just nurture me in those moments where I was, I was in so much, so much hurt and grief. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, I I felt like I wanted to be a dad. Mm -hmm. I started to have this growing, like concern for kids. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's a beautiful thing because I was always a kid in my family that hogged the PlayStation controller <laughs> and got mad and threw it against the you wall. You were the youngest? Were you the I was youngest? the youngest, okay. yeah. I was one of the youngest of like several cousins. Mm, yeah. And, you know, I was the pain. <laughs> and over time, I, I started to have this growing desire for kids mm-hmm. and just like not only just wanting kids um, of my own one day, but like. Right. I want to help kids find a path to Christ as I did. Sure. And so many people helped me. And so students was kind of like a ministry. I felt like just like naturally just drawn to, and it's a weird thing. Like kids like me for some reason. <laughs> and it's not that I try hard around kids. I'm just myself. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. that's something that they are drawn to in some ways, like someone that's not, uh, fake around them. Sure. I'm just yeah, really yeah. authentic uh-huh. around uh-huh. kids. <laughs> Um, of course there's filters to that. I'm not not unhinged, but, um, (laughs) yeah, like my wife has this one cousin. She only has one cousin. (laughs) Um, I'm going to give her a name, but, (laughs) uh, just one cousin. You say it, I'll blip it out. She's like seven (laughs) and she's like the sweetest thing. And she's like, she's like the homie, man. Like we hang out. It's so much fun. And parents always give me like that. You don't have to hang out with them. Like you don't have to talk to them. Uh-huh, I'm uh-huh. like, but I want to, uh-huh, you know, like uh-huh. they're interesting. Yeah. They're incompetent, but they're interesting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you see, have you seen those podcasts that are kids being interviewed? Oh no. It's the, where the corn kid came from. Coin kid. The corn kid. Oh, corn. I like corn. Corn. It, it has, has the, the juice. Ju- it has the juice. That's corn that kid. kid. I realize if you don't know what we're talking about, this is a weird conversation, <laughs> but the link down below is in the show notes. You should go watch the video. It, I promise it's a thing and it makes sense. It, it was it was a guy who was like on a, I don't know what he, if he was like a teacher or something, but it was a kid. <laughs> it was like a 20s year old something. And he, he was just like interview kids like on a playground. Dang. I, I think that's what, I think that's where that came from. 
Corn King got royalties yet? Like, he should, he should <laughs> be getting paid. That's a for great that. question. I don't know. <laughs> he should be getting but paid. But there's people that. who have who like interview their 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 children and things like that. They have like a podcast which is like interviewing their children. Yeah. And it's like really interesting conversation because <laughs> you see how the mind of a child works. It's like it is. It's fascinating. Like how they think. Like what are they being influenced by, motivated? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, how did you come up with that? That's mm-hmm. so silly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And the way they come up with games and like their creativeness, mm-hmm. and it, you know, if you really spend time with kids, you realize like how much of a gift they are, mm-hmm. a blessing they mm-hmm. are. Uh, people these days thinking like we need to have less kids because they're yeah. polluting the earth. <laughs> that's that's the wildest they one. They can melt the ice caps and we can drown because of all the emissions <laughs> they give off. Like, yeah, they're like, we got to stop having kids. It's like, okay, you start. It's like, go ahead. <laughs> That's stupid. That's yeah. incompetent. <laughs> yeah, you, wanna, you realize how incompetent adults are. Yeah, oh yeah. Be like, you know, man, get the kids. <laughs> so yeah, I started doing students ministry. And, and what year was it, this? This was uh, this is like 2019. This is like past like okay. June, July. This was as your summer. internship at, at Rojo. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. When did you get properly hired as the youth pastor at Rojo? Hmm. Well, I'm. I'm gonna I'm gonna lie because I, <laughs> okay. I can't say exactly. Sure, I do remember the day when I got official um, letter of employment. Mm. <sighs> what was that day? I mean, I would I would say it was 2020. Uh-huh. Was mm-hmm. when I got like officially hired. I'm trying to remember. I because I've done this with Luis and Zach. Zach is the new youth pastor, mm-hmm. but um, uh, I, I remember with Luis, I met him. Uh, probably around the same time I met you, 2020. Mm. I think about it because, so I graduated high school 2020. Mm. That's where I'm at. Um, and I think at that time I was going to the evening service at Rohope exclusively, only at the perfect latte. Right. And I remember I met you, you saw, I opened my podcast up for some reason and you saw that I listened to the Bible project and you were like, oh, you listen to the Bible project. Yeah. I was like, yes, I listened to the Bible project. Do you listen to the Bible project? And so, <laughs> and so I remember we had that conversation about the Bible project that we both enjoyed. Um, <laughs> but, um, that was probably 2020. Yeah. I, I, I do remember that mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. It was during, it was still during COVID. Mm-hmm. I was yeah, well, it just started. Of, yeah. I was doing a lot of yeah. online things like for students ministry. I would, I came up with this mm. online, kind of webcast called run it back mm-hmm. and it would take the sermon from Sunday and I would condense it into mm. a conversation or a topic mm-hmm. or a topical sermon, sermon net, a message. Sermonette. And I'd have like, you know, a cold opening of like a funny blooper or something <laughs> of yeah. me acting and it had editing, editing and like, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. cuts and stuff. So mm-hmm. I made it like really fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that turned into kind of like an online thing. And then mm. I, I tried kind of getting kids together online, which is super hard. I didn't know anyone. I, I started students ministry when I had no faces to who all, to the, who, who the kids looked like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They didn't have their cameras on, did they? Yeah. I didn't know who the kids looked like, yeah. you know, like I was basically leading kids that were unknown to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And when things like finally started opening up and then when our campus was built, mm-hmm. we started launching our youth services yeah, yeah. on campus. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that was a whole, mm-hmm. a whole journey. I knew the church was new, but now that I'm putting together the timeline, that's like wild. Cause mm-hmm. the, 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 our location opened in 21. Mm-hmm. Uh, Easter was our first service. And even then it was like partially incomplete. The, like, I don't think we had the, the wood <laughs> floors we didn't have in there yet. Yeah. Things like that. But, um, 
so you started and it was like really like was it ground up i guess yeah yeah i guess in some ways it was it was pioneering the new campus yeah um but ryan and jenny have been pioneers for real for a while yeah to where it's at now but i believe that's hard the church is mm-hmm. you know you continue to pass along mm-hmm. uh new um the vision mm-hmm. and using your gifts to help move the church yeah. forward too so while so during i guess 20 21 22 you were and most of this year you were the the kids youth pastor what was that role what did that entail what were you doing yeah youth pastor role man it was so much fun man it actually took a lot of entrepreneurship in mm. some ways. Mm-hmm. And that can seem like a nasty word within the church, but a lot of ways mm, you I have see. to be effective as an yeah. entrepreneur because uh-huh. you're doing marketing yourself, mm-hmm. like reaching out to, mm-hmm. to, to parents. And you're setting up events. Mm-hmm. You're casting vision. You're galvanizing. You're getting volunteers together. So, it, man, I, I was in leadership roles that I'd never have been in my life. And it was such a fun time because I needed God at every moment. Mm-hmm. There were moments like, you know, I can't force someone to to volunteer on their Wednesday night. I can't force kids to show up. So it was a lot of just me in preparation and seeing what God uh, did in those times. And so the preparation looked like, um, how are we going to do services? What are kids going to do? I decided, okay, we're going to do these services. Uh, it's going to start off. We're going to hang out. We're going to eat food. It's like coming to the table. So mm-hmm. each Sunday I would get pizza together. Kids love pizza. <laughs> and then I had a meal train for volunteers to bring food. Because like some people were like, hey, I want to serve in kids. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to be with kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What could I do to help? I was like, oh, can you bring a dish? Mm-hmm. Can you bring food? Mm-hmm. And I'd do like a meal train with um, like six different families that would mm-hmm. do meals um, every other Wednesday. It was it was awesome. So, so they the fam- bring they bring homemade food, and if they weren't able mm. to do it, I'd I'd do pizza. So these kids were eating like good mm-hmm. food, yeah. every week, and they would uh, show up. Mm-hmm. So um, the families would bring it to the to the to the kids service. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah. Uh-huh. I gave them like a timeline, like hey, you drop it off between six and six fifteen, mm-hmm. or six thirty yeah, and six forty five, and they would come by and drop it off. That's pretty cool. Um, so for the first like thirty minutes, uh, we just hang out and eat food. Um, a lot of the kids the, at at the, at first were all Jenny's kids, you know. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, yeah, I got like half the church here. Uh, yeah. It's like, and half half the kids here work at uh-huh. the church. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, I, on the last episode, I talked with uh, with what was it? Oh, I was talking with Zach on the previous one, and I was like, okay, so you were the the kids past the youth pastor for like most of this year, but we don't have any youth at this church. <laughs> so what were you doing <laughs> for like the better part of this year? Uh, I was like, what I asked him, and so you were like the youth pastor before him and like we didn't really have kids we had jenny's kids yeah. she doesn't go she doesn't uh come here anymore um so you had those four did you expand beyond that how how'd you do that yeah we actually had points of significant growth at times mm. um i was encouraging the students when they would come to invite their friends yeah and i realized it was hard to invite their friends to something that wasn't easy to digest like how do i share to my friends hey you want to come to church with me yeah oh what are we doing mm-hmm. we're gonna read the bible and hang out and eat food yeah it's like okay mm-hmm. 
Okay. It was kind of hard, hard to, it didn't sound fun, right? Yeah, it was yeah. hard to evangelize at first. I was trying to come up with ways to make the environment more entertaining. Mm-hmm. And I know it sounds manipulative, but like you kind of have to cater to like what the kids want. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. And so like I came up with different games mm-hmm, that we would mm-hmm. play. Um, I do a lot of like entertainment. Um, I, I brought this whiteboard once and bought these darts and we just like throw darts at this whiteboard mm-hmm. and do like a, we did like a, a game show, like a challenge, like mm. one of those minute to win it games. Mm-hmm. You know, we do stuff like that and the kids were really loving it. We uh, had like axe throwing and like we had probably... Oh, the, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. 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 And so we would bring, uh, the kids would bring their friends to those events and then I would preach. I would share the word of God mm-hmm. and, you know, I'd share the gospel mm-hmm. with my heart. You know, yeah. I, I would come up with sermons every mm-hmm. week. How would you do Most that? Most of them were th- based off of uh, the Sunday service oh, okay. uh-huh. message. But how do you think about presenting that to children? Like, what's your thought process when you're like the gospel? Yeah, well, that and like the sermons that you would that you would do, like, because it's a different audience. And so, how yeah, you, how are you thinking about like like structuring it and presenting that? Well, I got all my material from them. Mm. So in those thirty minutes that we would just hang out and eat food, mm. I was just trying to understand their lives. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, hey. What have you been watching on TikTok lately? Mm-hmm. Like, what's on your For You page? How's school? Mm-hmm. Your exam's hard? Do you like test taking? Is it stressful? You know, you know, when's your next game? Like, I was just trying to get into their lives mm-hmm. more. And then the more I was just listening to them, the more they would share with me. Yeah. Sometimes they just share stuff unsolicited, like, <laughs> hey, Pastor Bruce. Yeah. I'm like, dope. <laughs> I remember a kid just coming to me and just telling me, like, how he was struggling. Mm-hmm. And... Mm-hmm. I mean, in those moments, you're like, oh, wow, this is real. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, I need to take this seriously. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. And and those moments are beautiful. I think our biggest growth was after our first summer camp. We had like, <laughs> we had about 12 kids come to summer camp. Mm-hmm. Where, where was that? What was what was that? It was student life camp. Was that at the church? Was that somewhere no, else? No, this is off site. I don't, I don't know it if I remember It was in Dallas. This. Okay, I don't think Dallas Theological Seminary. We were on their Mm. campus Mm -hmm. for a student life camp, and that was amazing. We had so much fun. We had one big bus that fit all of our kids, Mm. and we we drove around that bus. Mm -hmm. It was awesome. And, uh, you know, we would go to the dining hall together and eat. We'd see other students. So when the students started to see other students wanting to follow Jesus, they were like, oh, we want to do this too. You know, Mm -hmm. like when they started to see, the upper classmen. So you started to learn like how student culture is. Mm-hmm. The seniors are all the cool ones. Yeah. <laughs> even, uh-huh. even the, and I hate to use these like stereotypes, even sure. the dorkiest yeah. seniors uh-huh. are the yeah. coolest people uh-huh. Uh-huh. to underclassmen. Yeah. They're the coolest people ever. Mm-hmm. It's like, you, you can just like, just, just the way how kids relate to each other. There's mm-hmm. a lingo, there's slang, there's riz, there's <laughs> all these other, there's all these things. Like uh-huh. I, I've, I've learned so much about like Gen Z culture and how mm-hmm. they relate. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, definitely, one- I definitely realized when I was, what was it? Um, I, I think, I guess when I became an upperclassman in high school or cause when I was a young, when I was younger, like a underclassman, I guess they, the teachers, they'd be like, people look up to you because you're older. And I was like, yeah, right. Sure. But like, I, I don't, like I'm, I don't know how old I would, would be back then. Like call it 15, whatever. <laughs> and I was like, okay. I was like, sure. But like, okay, you know, whatever. And then I got. And then I become an upperclassman and then I like saw it. I was like, oh, they're like doing the thing that I'm doing. Yeah. They're like copying me in some sense. And I'm like, oh, now it's real. I get it. it. Like, it's like, it's like 
uh, what was it? I heard something about like a teacher talking about how they were teaching their students and they were like, because these students in particular were like behind where they needed to be academically yeah. and they had like half the school year to like advance to where they needed to be. And so this was like <laughs> third graders and the teacher was like, guys, my goal this year is to make you all fourth graders. <laughs> and so they're because like the fourth graders are cooler than third graders, you know? And so like in there, like how they're thinking about it. And so they're like, all right, guys, we are, uh, I don't know, academics. And like, we, we're going to be as smart as the fourth graders and that's their goal and whatnot. And so like that striving to become like, like the higher grade level, it's like interesting. <laughs> like, I, I know what you mean. Like that definitely became real for me when I was in an upper class. <laughs> it's like, like how they relate to each other. Mm-hmm. There's its own, there's its own like culture and group to it. Sure. And something I just really well, it's also a about weird age kids. gap. Cause like it's yeah. not that big an age, but it's a big difference when you're eighteen oh, yeah. versus fifteen. But like, like it's only a few years. You <laughs> so get more exemptions on exams. Yeah, you know? like right? you get you get more. You know, you like, can drive. Yeah, that's what's such a weird gap in high school. <laughs> yeah, so like the difference between you driving and you taking the bus or mm-hmm, your mom sure. dropping you off. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's substantial in coolness. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's like yeah, your cool factor goes up exponentially. This guy can, <laughs> this guy can park. <laughs> uh, if you got a parking spot, your cool factor goes yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> man, I got so close to these kids. Mm-hmm. And man, I pray for these kids. Like, it's like, it, it was it was interesting, like, just how, like, God took one of the darkest moments of my life mm-hmm. and expressed to me just how much he loves me through mm-hmm. the way he's given me this ability to care for them. That's what he does. Like, he, he he's, he's a redeemer, man. Mm-hmm. Like, looking back on my life and who I was and who I am now, like, God has given me essentially what Job had, just mm-hmm. tenfold. Mm-hmm. You know, the the kids that I now get to to lead and to help, mm-hmm. that I still do, you know. I might not be a youth pastor anymore, but it's still my heart to mm-hmm. um, help kids. Mm-hmm. Um, coming back from student life camp, um, we had a couple that wanted, a couple kids that wanted to give their life to Jesus. Mm. And, you know, having an opportunity to see them want to follow him. It's a beautiful thing. And, um, you know, we came back. Like, the kids were so hungry. Like, mm-hmm. we want to share the gospel. Like, we want to evangelize. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and, like, mm-hmm. we, we want to we do this. <clears throat> we want to do that. And, like, you know, I realized there was so much ambition that they had. Mm-hmm. And the time at the time, I wasn't only a youth pastor, but I was also a coach. In fact, like I was coaching um, at a full time capacity. Uh, what sport? Weeks. What sport? Where? Uh, so I'm a coach of group fitness mm-hmm. um, called CrossFit, mm-hmm. and so uh, I coach functional fitness. Is, oh, uh, so not like not like not like kids. No, oh, I was thinking not, like not high I was thinking like no. kids sport. I was like high school sports or something. Okay, no, so like adults. No. CrossFit. No, we're uh, we're a small business where we do uh, mm. group classes, personal training. Uh, Okay. Um, we do have students. Um, that's the funny thing too. We do have a teens class that we mm. do coaching as well. Mm, so, yeah, I, like my life was like surrounded by kids. Yeah. You know, student ministry in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I reached a point. You know, I, I started dating Elise, mm-hmm. and then we got engaged. Mm-hmm. You know, I reached a point where she started to see just, uh, you know, how much I was doing, and she loved that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would often express to her like how I was like, I think I'm tired. I think I need to focus my attention on one thing, mm-hmm. you know, because there were some Wednesday nights where 
I just didn't seem presentable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not that like my to the, ki- to the kids, to the, the kids. Okay, uh-huh. not that like I've changed up and yeah, you know, I'm no longer authentic. But I think like I was authentically revealing like, yo, I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm, I was authentically revealing like I think I need to put my attention into one thing, mm-hmm. either the gym or mm-hmm. the church. Mm-hmm. Cause I still didn't decide like, am I going to go to seminary? Mm-hmm. Cause it, if I take it seriously, like I wanted to be classically trained sure. and, and, and study the word. Mm-hmm. So I'm not selling a counterfeit. Yeah. I know it's not a counterfeit, yeah, yeah. but I want to be able to effectively convey truth sure. and present truth. Sure. Cause I think that's still an injustice. Even though I have truth, mm-hmm. sure. the way that I just dis- present itself sure. is important. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, were, I so were you at this time, to, were you, were you part-time at the gym, part-time at the church? How were you doing that? Yeah, I was kind of splitting between two jobs. Okay. But that's kind of, and both, that's kind of like always part-time? been my life for a while. Mm-hmm. Like I've always had two jobs. Like I worked at a film studio mm-hmm. and I worked as a CrossFit coach. Mm-hmm. So this I, was out of want rather than need. Yeah, this is okay. out of kind of like want. Uh-huh. Um, I, I was also paid. I also had, I also had a paycheck too. So it was also need. Yeah. You know, I was still supporting myself. Right, right. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I've, I've balanced a couple jobs um, for a while, you know, mm-hmm. um, throughout my life. I remember working at the student gym and then working um, at a nonprofit once. Um, I mean, I've I balanced multiple jobs, like pretty much my whole life. You know, right now is at one point in my life where I have one single, mm-hmm. you know, income of my own. Uh, not one single income, but like one job right, that uh-huh. I'm working. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I just reached that point where, you know, I said, you know what, I need to, I need to find one thing that I need to focus on because mm-hmm. I was putting, I didn't even have time for myself. Sure. Um, the time that I was spending on so many things, mm-hmm. and so um, it was sad, man. I I started to see the kids uh, kind of leaving mm-hmm. uh, slowly. Yeah, after Ginny had left and mm-hmm. our kids had left, I started to notice like some of their friends didn't come back anymore. And, mm-hmm. you know, some kids were kind of just moving for other reasons. But then yeah. it just seemed like an opportunity to like, okay, man, I just see the students' membership or attendance rate kind of declining. Um, this might be the right time. Mm-hmm. And so taking that leave of absence to really focus mm-hmm. on uh, really focus on where I was wanting to go and wanting to be led. And uh, that was also, that also happened after I became a, a family pastor. So students pastor is, you're overseeing the student's body, mm-hmm. the student body. Mm-hmm. A family pastor is you're overseeing the kids ministry mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the student body. Mm-hmm. And so I think when I took on that capacity, that's when I realized, like, I need to give this role to someone that has a full-time capacity to do this. Because I'm, I'm putting my part-time capacity into what I perceive to be a full-time role. Right. It is so important, I believe, that kids' ministry has a full-time role to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking back on it now, you know. Doing what I did at a, as a, a part time and having another part time job, some people can do that. Mm-hmm. But if you do that, like it is important that you have you have the margin in your life to be able to put 
a significant amount of attention into the kids' ministry because it's so important. I think it's the lifeblood of the church. Mm. I think the church functions on kids' ministry because mm. kids' ministry is where families decide, am I going to stay or am I going to leave? Mm, I see, yeah. If my kid doesn't like mm-hmm. his Sunday school teacher or doesn't feel welcome or isn't learning about God or it's not fun, it's not engaging, mm-hmm. I don't care how good the preaching is from the pulpit and the main service. Sure. If I was a parent, mm-hmm. I'd be listening to my kid. Mm-hmm. I'd be thinking, okay, we need to find somewhere to get you into God's word because that's important. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So in that way, like kids ministry is so critical to the life of the church, especially if you're promoting the idea of family, like if church is a family, yeah. like you want to embody that by having families attend church together. Mm-hmm. Because I felt it was it was decentralized. I'd have the kids come to student ministry, mm-hmm. but then their parents weren't coming to the main service. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, you know, and I had to be intentional in my interaction with the parents. I realized a lot of the parents I spoke to in students ministry they weren't really a part of our church. Yeah, and so I, I had to be extra diligent on like reaching out to them, mm-hmm. ensuring their kids were taken care of. Um, because in this space, it is hard to reach out to kids like one-on-one being a male pastor. There's a lot of lines I can't cross with Uh young girls or even young boys. Mm -hmm. And it's like the way you navigate the space is so important. Like you, you, you can't put yourself in positions to be, you can't put yourself in every position because it's, it's going to be deemed inappropriate. Right. What was the age, age range for this? Uh, it was middle. It was like middle school to high school. Mm-hmm. That was another thing I wrestled with. Am I going to put middle school and high schoolers in the same ministry? Yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm explaining how this works. Because sure. <laughs> like student ministry, it's a lot. Mm-hmm. If I have high schoolers with middle schoolers, the middle schoolers are going to think the high schoolers are awesome. Mm-hmm. The high schoolers are going to think the middle schoolers are annoying. Right. And it's going to end up taking the high schoolers out of it, mm-hmm. and you end up with just middle schoolers. Yeah. You know, how do I reach those high schoolers again? Mm-hmm. Because the high schoolers helped me bring in more people mm-hmm. because they have more. Yeah, they have more influence. Reach, yeah, they yeah, have, uh-huh. you know, they have friends. They mm-hmm. drive themselves <laughs> and they can drive their friends here. So, sure. like, they have more ability to grow, mm-hmm. you know, within the church. And, like, you know, you're thinking in these ways because I want to bring more people together. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I want to, I mean, like, I want this ministry to be a, a help and a blessing mm-hmm. and some, and in that way, critical mass was a way that helped kids, you know, feel like they wanted to come back. And so like, I was always thinking about ways like, how do I invite more kids? How do I invite more kids? We started doing hangout nights, um, where, you know, I rented out a dodgeball field and we had like 15 kids. We just played dodgeball mm. and, um, we did like a bowling night. We did mm. a night where we just did, um, you know, like a movie or a hangout. And then they would have an opportunity to invite their friends to these hangouts. And then next Wednesday, it's like, okay, we're doing a worship service. And so the kids that came to the hangouts, they would often come to the worship services mm-hmm, too. Mm-hmm. And so that was the way that I kind of like thought about like getting more kids into their room. But um, yeah, it was a lot of work, mm-hmm. you know, that I didn't have necessarily the, the, the time right. um, to put into it. Mm-hmm. Cool. So then now... More recently, this was like last month or the month before, uh, you stepped down from that role. What was the, well, I guess you already mentioned why, but can you reiterate that? Why was, um, what was that a decision? Yeah. 
Well, yeah, you're right. I stepped down from that role as a kids pastor. Mm-hmm. And, well, before uh, we get to there, we hired... Um, sorry, family pastor. Before we get to that, Zach came on at the beginning of this year, 20... Mm-hmm. What is it? 23? 2023, he came on at the beginning of this year in January. Mm-hmm. And so... He t- did he so he took on part of your responsibilities, right? Yeah. So so that uh, uh, lifted that off of you for a while. Yeah. So the family pastor role that I was fulfilling that was middle school, basically from birth to college. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I uh-huh. took on the role of kids pastor, which is from birth to middle school, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or entering into middle school. Sure. Uh-huh. So like, um, you know, babies until like uh, like fifth, fifth grade. grade. Uh huh. And then Zach took on the role of sixth grade to mm-hmm. you know, college kids. So what's the what's the title distinction that we're going with? Kid, so now kids it, and youth. Yeah, kids okay. and then youth ministry. Uh-huh. And the family. Kids pastor and, youth uh, and the pastor. family is the whole. Family life. is an all encompassing yeah. role of mm-hmm. both. Okay. And so I realized, even with my capacity of just kids ministry, though I could function better, you know, I was able to make events. We did like a Bible boot camp for the mm-hmm. kids. Mm-hmm. Like I put all my creative and those genius and those you know, that fun things I love to do with kids, students ministry. And I put that in the kids ministry and it was a lot of fun. Like we did like a Bible boot camp where we had like a bunch of kids on the campus and, you know, we did like scavenger hunts and build crafts and, you know, I had a volunteer team and, um, you know, after, you know, realizing this can also take a lot of my time. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't time that was necessarily taking energy away from me. It was time that was taking attention away from my spouse Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. I need that more than anything right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, 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 uh, Elise and I, we need more than anything to have a spiritual uh, bond. Mm -hmm. Uh, Being able to, to relate to that main service and, and fellowshipping together was so important, which, um, I started to forsake more and more because of the time that I was putting into kids mm-hmm. ministry, mm-hmm. which by the way, it's so hard to think about that. Like if I was a lead pastor, mm-hmm. I would never get the opportunity to worship with my wife. Mm. You know, like I might, I might. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, well I with might, the lead pastor you could, but yeah. maybe with the worship pastor, the worship pastor. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't have as many opportunities is what I'm saying. Right. Uh huh. Um, it, but that's just a sacrifice you go into yeah. when you get married mm-hmm. or when you when you choose um, that path. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I get, that happens whenever you take on any kind of leadership role. Yeah, yeah, just inherently. Um, but a role ultimately that we are a part of together. Yeah, um, it's it's hard not being able to navigate that together in the same way. How so? What do you and mean? and the way that we that we prefer like to be able to. Hold hands in worship, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, to be able to, um, Elise did serve. Uh, my wife did serve with me in kids ministry at times, but the days that she wasn't, she was in the main service while I was still in the kids ministry. Um, so I, I would have a lot of, I would have a lot of moments where, you know, she was alone and like I was, mm-hmm. you know, serving. Right. And, um. I think we just needed more time together. Yeah. And I mean, so, you're a newlywed couple. Yeah. 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 And so, as you should. I think I had like an unhealthy assumption too that if I don't do this role, who will? <laughs> you know, like God needs me here. Mm-hmm. He doesn't. Mm-hmm. That's a godly thing in choosing your spouse first. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
it's a godly thing in stepping down from a role and allowing someone either more experienced or with more passion to do it. You know, who says that you're not in the, who knows, who says that you're not filling a role that was meant for someone else? Mm-hmm. You know, who, who's, who's to say like my time hasn't just ended with that. Sure. That. And so, yeah, all that to say is like, it's not a decision of me forsaking the church in any way mm-hmm. or like, yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, it, 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 it is a pivot, right? It's a different move for me. Mm-hmm. I think, I believe it's a, uh, a forward move mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. So, but y'all are still involved. I'll still go to Rehoboth. Yep. Yep. Yeah. But we're, uh, we still love our, our church, man. Still love our community. Mm-hmm. We, um, we, we've, we've been really fortunate to, uh, to meet everyone in our church and, you know, it's a church unlike any that I've been to before just on the grounds of like how intentional everyone is and mm. how diverse everyone is. I'm not just talking uh, ethnically, but like diverse in thinking too, um, backgrounds. Um, you know, there's some people that I engage in conversations that, you know, theologically we, we, we can sometimes, you know, uh, have more, have, have conversation on, you know, like it's not like a group think project where we all just think the same. Mm-hmm. You know, we're all trying to seek God and follow truth mm-hmm. as well. And so we had like those forums on faith and mm, yeah. all things that Ryan had set up mm-hmm. with, um, in his teaching. So it's, um, it's really helped me and challenged me. I will say though, I, uh, I really do miss Ryan. Mm-hmm. He's a really good friend of mine. Um, Did you know Ryan before you came to the Real Hope? No, I know. Yeah, no, I didn't. I really miss Jenny too, and mm-hmm. Jenny and I were really good friends. Mm-hmm. We competed in CrossFit together. <laughs> still, still do that? No, no, we haven't oh, in a while. Yeah, <laughs> Jenny's still hitting PRs though. She's. I gotta. Yeah, I gotta records. see if she'll compete with me again. Um, but she yeah, pre- I think she preached last Sunday or two Sundays ago. That's she Sunday. did, yeah, yeah. 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 I missed it. I wasn't there, but I should have played. So <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it. I would say it's it's not a different church in any way. Um, that's how life is, man. It, it changes in some ways, and adapting to that change. Mm-hmm. Um, because I know you, you and Ryan had a good relationship, and you love talking to him. You love engaging with with mm-hmm. with, with the Bible and. Yeah, the whole church was like really sad by that. Mm-hmm. You know? But we're also really hopeful to see what God's going to do and what he is doing through Ryan and, and Jenny. Mm-hmm. Ryan uh, leading at a church in North Carolina now and Jenny uh, serving a lead role in attack poverty. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're both incredible, um, incredible servants of God in ministry. You know? Yeah. So... Whether he, whether God uses them somewhere else, or whether He uses me, my wife, or somewhere else, mm-hmm. you know, we really want to be able to follow that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, have a conviction on, and make that decision. It's interesting. I've never, I don't know that I had a uh, a real category beforehand for 
being here after the pastor leaves. Like, I don't know that I had a category for a pastor leaving a church. Yeah. You know, it's like, I just, I don't know, I guess I didn't grow up in a church and not really something that happened in my short time at other churches, but I just kind of always thought that the pastor of the church was the pastor of the church. I'm like, where are you going to go? Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. It's like, I guess, like, even if you, like, retire, it's like, you're still there, you know? Right. I hadn't really thought about it, but, like, it was weird that, like, then while I was at Real Hope, so for people who don't know, Jenny and Ryan are the founding pastors of the church, and they have both left this, was that this year? Um, None of it was for bad reasons. They just both happened uh, to leave. Was it this year? I think it was was this year. It It might have been early this year, because it happened on my honeymoon. Oh. <laughs> Ryan had left on my honeymoon. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Okay, so... I, I cried that day when I, <laughs> when I saw the email. <laughs> so that, that, that kind of caught, caught us by surprise, I think. Um, and I remember me, I was like... I was like... I don't, I don't know what to think. I was like, I don't know that I have a category for this. It's like, mm. what do you mean you're not going to be here forever? Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's like, <laughs> you're the you founding going? pastor of this church. I thought you that's just <laughs> what you do. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I didn't have much of an experience with that. He's not like going out to get milk. He's like, he's, <laughs> he's gone. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> it's not like, I'll be back. No. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and so, um, um, Jenny still works pretty locally. Ryan moved to North Carolina or something. South Carolina, North Carolina. And, um, but yeah, that was wild. I didn't have, have a category for that. This is kind of like when you realize that your teachers have a life outside of school. It's like, oh, you do other things than just this. I didn't realize that. <laughs> it's kind of like that, what this moment was for me. Yeah, you're saying uh, you've never been at a church long enough, I guess, to see a pastor yeah, leave. Yeah, uh-huh. I, th- I think it might have happened at the first church that I was at, where uh, I think the pastor, like, I guess he might have left, but I was just younger, and so I didn't. I don't know that I cared. Yeah, <laughs> I, I didn't know. I didn't know that pastor because I was younger and he was older, and we just never interacted. But then with Ryan, I, I, I we talked. We had lunch. Uh, that wasn't something that I'd done before with a pastor of mine. Mm. Um, I mentioned this with the podcast with Luis. Like the, the my interaction with the pastors at this church is more like I actually know y'all. <laughs> yeah, uh, the way I put it with Luis was uh, thinking about it in terms of being known by name. Or mm-hmm. knowing someone by name. It's like, I've known pastors. It's like, yeah, they're the pastor, and they look like that, and there they are. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> but, but like knowing this people like... so-and-so. Like, yeah, but, like, I'm in your house right now. It's like, I guess I'd done that before with, my, with previous pastors, but, like, actually, like, much more knowing pastors and, like, knowing y'all by name and, like, knowing... Yeah. Those, um, I think the position, I, like I definitely do. There's, there, there is um, respect for the position. Mm-hmm. Um, but I... I also believe too that God uses pastors as he does all of us in many different ways for the benefit of the church and its growth mm-hmm. and edification. So mm-hmm. I, I think the pastor is a unique role. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I also think that, you know, we all play a part in the body of Christ in some way. Yeah. You know, if the pastor is like, the right elbow, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, it doesn't make it better than the knee, <laughs> Yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. you know, or at least I believe a pastor shouldn't allow that to get to their head. You know, yeah, yeah, uh-huh. mm-hmm. you know I, I think in a role like that, it mm-hmm. takes a lot of humility. Mm-hmm. I remember one time in a sermon of Ryan's, one thing that he said that 
stuck that stuck out to me and still stays with me to this day for some reason mm. is it's probably because he used the kingdom vocabulary and if you start talking about kingdoms um kingdom um, um, <laughs> oh yes lord <laughs> he in one of his sermons he said we are an outpost of a kingdom not a kingdom within ourselves mm. talking about real hope and mm. i think that way of, of thinking about it um is obviously healthy but uh, it just stuck with me along those lines an outpost of a kingdom, not a kingdom within right. ourselves. That's good. We point to a bigger kingdom. Bro, Gon... Uh, what is it? Uh, 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 no. Gondor calls for aid, and Rohan will answer. <laughs> yes, Lord. Chills. <laughs> Bro, <laughs> the theme music starts playing. Man. Oh, my gosh. That's biblical. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I think that's a good place to end. Uh, is there anything you want to say before we... Um, before we leave, we've been. How long do you think we've been going? Probably an hour, hour half. Oh gosh, this is an hour and a half, dude. This yeah, is yeah, long. Definitely. This was kind of long, but um, but anything you want to say before we get out of here? We're gonna do like some announcements, some things that are happening in the church before. Yeah, we go, for but. sure. Um, I'll just say that. I I I I heard this from Jackie Hill Perry. From what? Jackie Hill Perry. What's that? Uh, she's an author, poet. Oh, um, okay. Um musician mm-hmm. but um a, a bible teacher mm. um and she's reading through scripture mm-hmm. she says um we should presuppose god's goodness mm-hmm. when we read mm-hmm. the bible mm-hmm. meaning that yeah. if god is all-knowing all-powerful created us in his image in love we need to assume that his motivation is loving yeah in all things mm-hmm even even throughout the things that we don't understand yeah to presuppose god's goodness through it mm-hmm. and i believe that's true as we're reading scripture mm-hmm. i believe it's true as we are facing a world that comes with heartache and comes with joy and comes mm-hmm. with pain mm-hmm. and comes with friendships presupposing that god is good through all, all of it and i'm all praise to god mm-hmm. through the testimony that i gave today and how he delivered me and where he has me now mm-hmm the beautiful wife and a family that I'm so thankful to be a part of and a future where I believe um, if God might bring children through, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I'm, 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 li- I'm choosing to live my life through, mm-hmm. through that vision that God is good. Mm-hmm. And um, even in this time where we're transitioning through different ministries in the church, um, different ways, like I think being led by by the Holy Spirit where God leads you is is the most valuable decision to make. As long as um, as long as we continue to put God in the front of our mind and pursue Him first. Um, any anything anything that we face, I believe God and His sovereignty will 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 will, will bring out the best good of it. Mm-hmm. So I believe He's bringing out the best good in the decision that we made to um, and deciding to trust Him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, trust God and give Him the benefit of the doubt. That's usually a good idea. <laughs> mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, man. Thank you for having me. I really yeah. appreciate it, man. I love. Hosting you. Hope to have you back. Yeah, this was my first time here in Jordan. Uh, yeah, it's been it's been a 
been a fun time. Thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you. Alrighty. Cool. Let's go. Almost forgot about the announcements. Uh, <laughs> okay, so a few announcements of things that are happening in and around the church uh, before I let you go. First thing, this podcast was recorded like in November or December, and it's currently January when this is being put out. And so these announcements are relevant to the present of like February. Uh, so firstly, uh, one thing that our church has started doing is home groups. Uh, these are kind of more local, um, just getting together at people's houses that go to the church. So if you know... Real Hope is the um, a lot of the people who come here are from Richmond, Katy, and Rosenberg. And so, and oftentimes, you know, like the only time you see people from church is like on Sundays at church. And it's like, that's fine, you know, but like we could, I feel like we could do better. And so, as a church, we're um, making an effort to see each other on other times, um, on other times and at other places. And so, we're meeting at each other's houses. If you want more information on that, you can go to the church's YouTube page and watch the latest sermon. And on the announcements, it should be announced there. And also, kind of as part of this, what we've been doing for a few months now is game days. So, every month, we just meet at someone's house and we play board games. And that's it. And we just have a fun time. This particular Sunday, if you're watching this the week that it's coming out, Sunday the 18th of February, we are meeting actually at the church. And so, if you want to just show up, if you're listening to this and you don't attend the church, um, you can just show up after church on at about 12 from 12 till like probably four or five whenever we're done playing games um yeah so that's fun if you forgot you're welcome (laughs) and if you didn't know you're also invited and last but certainly not least what i get to announce today is that there has been a new child born in thrill hope community church a new child has been born unto us if you will it is a malachi aikman zach and sydney's first child and that's just exciting because first of all yay and second of all like it's part of the story of Real Hope Church, and that's what this podcast is for. It's to document the life of this church, and that is a big part of it. And so it's very exciting that I get to put that here and announce it. And in, in case you didn't know, this was uh, probably about a month or so ago. But it's so exciting. So yay. At any rate, that is the final announcement that I have for you today. Uh, thank you very much. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I'll see you in the next one. <laughs>